Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined again this week by Jess Saban with Jordan still off traveling the world, I guess. We'll hear from him next week on all his adventures. But yeah, no, I figured, Jess, what we could do first here is kind of start off with taking a look back in the weekend that was. Obviously, uh, just due to scheduling, we weren't able to get together on um, Sunday. But um, I heard, you know, on the last podcast, I kind of talked about my thoughts on, on some of the big games. But obviously, the biggest game is still being talked about with Lou, Lou Holf's comments and all that out there in the news is the Ohio State Notre Dame game. So, want to get your thoughts on that? What did you think overall of the of the game, Ohio State Notre Dame? What were your impressions there? Well, it, it kind of came down to a little bit of what I expected. It was a battle of the trenches, particularly on the last play. There, it was much lower scoring than I was expecting. Both teams have good defenses, but I figured there was enough firepower on each side that. It, each team I would have expected to get like another 10 points each or something like that. It was yeah. much lower scoring than I think anybody really expected, even if you were thinking it was going to be a bit more of a defensive struggle. But while we both picked Notre Dame to win, I mean, both teams played well. It's not like Ohio State blew the doors off of Notre Dame and Obviously, Notre Dame had, I think it was like 10 players out there for the, it wasn't just the last play. I think it was the last, the last two, two plays. plays. Yes. yes you know, and those are the kind of mental errors that, you know, I mean, it, that's, it's not even like it was a blown coverage. I, I don't think Notre Dame's going to have that issue moving forward. It was a really bad uh, roll of the dice three there, really bad, you know, luck of the draw. But I think both teams have a lot of good that they can take from the game. Kyle McCord looked better, particularly on that last drive than I think any one of us expected. He looked calm. He looked cool and collected. He took what the defense gave him. He didn't force anything and they were able to get down and get the win. So that's positive for Ohio state moving forward, you know, but Notre Dame, I, I think we're going to be talking about this a little bit. I don't think they're out of the playoff just yet. I, I really don't, but they're going to obviously need things to bounce their way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I was listening to a lot of media pundits this week, and uh, like Paul Feynman's out there out. They can go ahead and they have a nice little bowl game they'll get to. There's no reason. Like, they don't play anybody. But I mean, I guess people just keep beginning. They have USC coming up in three weeks, and they're a top five team. They have Duke this week, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about in our preview, and that's a top, you know, 17 team right now louisville they win this week against north carolina state they're going to be a ranked team so i mean it's they're gonna have a tough schedule here next three weeks and then for them they get for them they gotta hope that clemson can keep winning it get themselves back to a top 25 team for the never top 25 victory later this year but then some stuff's just going to be out of their their hand like who else is what's the record of other teams because if it's a one loss conference champion versus Notre Dame, who doesn't have a conference, more likely they're going to go up to the conference champion. So a lot of stuff will be hard. I think for them, they got to hope that Pac-12 just beats each other up, which is possible because they've done it in years mm -hmm. past. ACC beats each other up. I'm not as sure about that because I just don't know who could beat Florida State, maybe Duke or Miami, but you got to hope they beat each other up. And then you got to hope like Texas, Oklahoma, they just split um, victories, get to each other, and they'll look good in every games. So yeah, it's going to be tough. But I would hate to say like they didn't get dropped that far in all the polls. They're still number 11. So yeah, they're still ahead of them. We're gonna lose, you know. And they yeah, lost no. early. The key is in in college <laughs> football is you want to lose early if you're gonna lose. Yeah. And then win out. And then and if you do that, you're gonna things are usually take care of themselves, you know. 
Notre Dame is still very much in striking distance. They're only they only dropped to eleven. They did, as you said, they did not drop far. And if you know Ohio State goes undefeated, you know them losing only by three. You know, again, kind of depending on how you want to view it, be in part because they only had ten guys out there. You know, who knows what could have happened? Whatever. If Ohio State goes undefeated. They win the Big Ten. That'll drop Michigan out because they'll be a one-loss non-conference champ. Notre Dame still has a shot against, you know, USC, who's currently undefeated. They're number eight, I think, in the latest poll. Duke, you know, who's currently undefeated. You know, if Clemson can get ranked in the next few weeks, you know, they're, they'll have some, if they can win those games, they'll have ranked wins. And if Duke can you know, make it to the ACC championship because, you know, if that's their, if they only have two losses, that Notre Dame and Florida State are... You, you, and they only have one ACC loss in that, that case, so they should make yeah. it back to the ACC championship, right? Exactly. So. Clemson's already got two. Yeah. Clemson's already got two losses. So again, like, and, you know, Lord forbid, you know, you know, if you're a Florida State fan, you know, Duke loses to Notre Dame, but then goes on to win the ACC. You know, if that happens, again, that looks great for Notre Dame, especially if they can get these wins. They have no wiggle room. If a Notre Dame fan, I think that would be what probably the best bet for them if Duke were to win the ACC and they have their loss to Notre Dame because, you know, because that would be – they would get in over Duke because they have the head-to-head, even if they both only have one loss, right? And that would be probably mm-hmm. their ideal situation. Same thing USC. USC goes on to win the Pac-12. And if they have the two ACs, I mean, that's how you get in. You, you beat a couple of those conference champions and you can get them head to head. That's what you'll need to do. Yeah, I mean, long season ahead. I think nobody should be, with one loss, nobody should be out. I'm sorry, unless you get blown out like by 30, 40 points, you just should be out when you lose in a close game, even if it's at home. I, I just don't think so. Like Ohio State lost this game and Notre Dame held on to win by four like they should have. I don't think Ohio State would have been out because they played good the whole game too. It was, a, it was just a back and forth top 10 matchup. And so I don't think you should count those teams out. And so that's one thing I'm looking forward to with the 12 team playoff next year is that they will, people won't be automatically out with one loss. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, any other thoughts from the weekend? Anything that stood out to you, like any maybe results that surprised you or any teams that oppressed you, anything like that? This wasn't a result that surprised me. But the reaction to it did. And that's Oregon beating Colorado. I do not know why so many people were like shocked that Oregon State not just beat Colorado, but blew them out. There and then everybody got upset with Oregon's head coach with his pregame speech about, you know, they're looking for clicks, we're looking for wins, or however he said it. And people are acting like coaches weren't going to just do whatever it took to motivate their guys like people like I know this isn't a college football thing but people love the fact that Michael Jordan would make things up in his head to motivate himself to be better like he would imagine some guy insulted him like we saw that with the last dance documentary yeah. And that would motivate him. And so the Oregon head coach is coming and is like, look, the media loves these guys. They're already crowning them because they're three and oh. We're like an afterthought here, even though we're a top 10 team in the country. Everybody only seems to care about Colorado, you know, but we're not here for the attention. We're just here 
to win, to get to the playoff, you know, like, of course he's going to use that to motivate his guys. And I, I don't know. There just seemed to be this like bizarre kind of backlash to it as if coaches haven't been, you know, taking every little thing they could to motivate their players for since the history of sport. I don't know. Like it just, it felt like the people were looking for something that just wasn't there. Yeah, no, I mean, we talked about, we expected that performance Mm -hmm. from um, Oregon. And I mean, if that, and they're mad about what Dan Laney was saying, but I think a lot of people missed the fact that the Oregon players were stomping on the logo. Yeah, they were talking were, all the, before the in game, the pregame. Probably. They were saying all kinds of negative things to the Oregon players, and so they got what they, they got. What they if you can dish it out, you have to be able to take it back. I mean, that's just what Shiloh it is. Shiloh Sanders so. before the game was like quoted about how they're gonna beat Oregon's the uh, behind, except he used the expletive there. You know, <laughs> like and he was talking smack, and then people were like showing this clip of him getting like absolutely run over. I, and I just don't know why you, I understand being confident, but going into this game, I wouldn't say anything. Oregon has much more talent, much more depth. You know, you guys can come in quietly confident and say those things behind do- doors, but why say things again, extra motivation to this talented team? I, I just, and it, it didn't make sense to me. And they're, you know, we'll talk about the, the, the game coming up, but yeah, they're, mm-hmm. I think they're in from rude awakening is coming up without Travis Hunter. I don't even think Travis Hunter would have made that much of a difference. He probably got a touchdown or two. Maybe stop one of the touchdown drives. I, I don't know. But, yeah, he would. I mean, they still would have lost by, like, 28, 35 points, something like that. So, they probably would have scored more. Oregon, I think Oregon probably took a... Been a sorry, the Oregon mascot's been getting a great workout in every Saturday. That's <laughs> never... Yep. It, so, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, Mitch just to see where Oregon goes from here. They look like they have a... The team is rolling on both offense and defense. So I'm interested to see once they play the Oregon State, Washington State's, USC's, Utah's of the world, how the, how that goes. This could be interesting to see. All right. Any other thing to sit out to you before we move on to our, our week five preview? I think we're ready to move on to the preview. All right. Well, let's start with Utah and Oregon State sticking there in the Pac-12. So obviously Utah is coming off that very, I would say, impressive defensive performance against UCLA where they just – completely destroyed UCLA and everything they wanted to do in that game. The first play of the game was Dante Moore for a touchdown. I mean, an interception for a touchdown to Utah and Utah offense only scored seven points the rest of the game. That's all they needed. They won 14 to seven. Nate Johnson, you know, the quarterback who played for Utah because Cam Risley was still out, you know, had a decent game, but only threw for 117 yards and one touchdown. He's great on running. He's just, he's not there yet as a passer. He needs more time to develop, but they're just having to do what they can because they don't have Cam Rising. If Cam Risey does not play, which I don't think he will, if he wasn't playing last week, I don't think he's going to play this week. This is going to be an interesting matchup because Oregon State, though they lost last week to Washington State, they put up a lot of points still. You know, they their defense is doing okay. DJ Udo still, he had that back-to-back weeks, had that Clemson-like performance where he threw for 50, 50% and, you know, less than 200 yards and only one touchdown. I'm a little concerned that, you know, He's not the right answer there for them at quarterback. So now what, what are your thoughts here in this game? Are you thinking that Utah can kind of grind this one out again against Oregon State? Or do you think that Oregon State will be able to score more than Utah can with that bad offense that Utah currently has on their side? I don't know. Because I had UCLA winning that game because... This game is at Oregon State, too. That, that helps, yeah. Because I know last game was at Utah. So It was at Utah, but I still had UCLA winning... 
I thought that, you know, without their quarterback, Utah would struggle on offense, which was correct. It's not like they had some tremendous offensive, you know, output. You know, I know Nate Johnson did what he needed to do, you know, 117 yards and a touchdown, and he did that on only nine completions, so over 10 yards a pass there, but he was 9 of 17, so that was a little over 50%. He also ran the ball 48 times. I saw that 48 times per 102 yards, so 2.1 yards a carry. They because I think UCLA just knew they couldn't throw the ball, so they just you know stopped the run and it worked, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, well, in total rushing yards on the game, UCLA had nine. (laughs) This is not a rushing performance game to watch to see the great rushing attack out of the book. a hundred and two total yards. Both teams barely average. UCLA averaged three point six yards per play. Utah averaged three point four. You know, it neither offense looked particularly good. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I'll give it to Oregon State. It's at home, but I think it's going to be close. You know, DJ if he's thrown off his game. Here's the thing. I expect Utah's gonna, you know, I'm gonna go Utah. I'm gonna pick Utah. I, if their defense can do that to, what's his name? Uh, from, Dante Moore. Um, Dante Moore. Thank you. Uh, for some reason, I was gonna say Darren Moore, but uh, either way, that's <laughs> you know there. Then I, I think with what we've seen from DJ Ungalungle, I think he's gonna be able to be thrown off his game. I think Utah's gonna be able to do that, and we've seen what a bad DJ looks like. So. Yes, yeah, so I, I am thinking Oregon State here just because it's a way. If you remember the last couple of years, Utah has been really dominant at home, but struggles on the road and they don't have Cam Rising. I just think Oregon State will be able to score too much. But God, I mean, you're right there. That defense of Utah can just like shut down. I, my hope is that for Oregon State, the GJU has more experience than uh, Dante Moore. I mean, that, that Dante Moore is like what, third or fourth start ever. So GJU has started a lot more games, seen a lot more things, and he can. I think does more of his legs than Dante Moore does at this point. So I think they'll be able to grind this one out and win this game at home. This is my upset special of the week, Oregon State over Utah. So we'll, we'll see if that happens, but I do think Oregon State will win this one. Next up, we're sticking to Pac-12, USC at Colorado. So USC's coming in 4-0. They struggled a little bit last week against Arizona State. That uh, Drew Pine, the offense, you know, that, that seems to put up some points against this team. I really feel like Arizona State had no point. No, there's no reason they could have scored 28 points against this team. But the talent they had to have left the program, they shouldn't be able to score this much. So I'm still worried about that USC defense a bit. But obviously the offense is still clicking on all cylinders. And hopefully don't think Colorado is going to be able to slow down this offense at all. But I do wonder if they'll be able to score some points, though. There, there could be a little bit of explosive offense. Last week they didn't show that as much, so... I'm interested to see without Travis Hunter how the offense continues to get better. So what was your read on this game? I think USC is going to blow the door off of them. I think, what's the line at, 21 and a half or something like that? Do you think it's going to be that? Do you think they're cover? Yeah, I think USC is going to cover. Colorado, they're a great story. What Deion Sanders has done for that program, what he's done to bring in all of these eyes to college football, it's great. But that doesn't change the fact that, as it stands right now, this will probably be the weakest Colorado team over the next few years. 
Yep. They're made up almost entirely of transfers. And a lot of these guys that are transferring in, they might not have, like the top tier player, right? So they're some not of them that. Are, some of them are quite good, but at the yeah. end of the day, you're not getting those guys that are going to be starters on Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. Those aren't the guys that are transferring. You're getting these guys that may have, you know, committed to one of those teams that, but then ended up on the bench and they didn't want to be on the bench. So then they transferred out. That's most of the guys that ent- enter the transfer portal. They're very valuable pieces, but, you know, he's still got to build up this team. You know, Shador has looked great to the point where I've heard a lot of people speculating where he could go in the draft and if maybe he wants to stay an extra year because this is the weakest Colorado team. So he comes back, Travis Hunter's still there, you know, like there's a lot of things that they they have to build on. But this is, I don't think this is going to be Colorado's year. I think they're going to keep it closer than Oregon. You know, I think the fact that this is at home, it's like their first big Pac-12 matchup of the season. It's against USC, who's the flashy team. USC's defense does have some cause for concerns, but Colorado is without Travis Hunter. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with that USC offense. And I think, you know, despite our concerns about USC's defense, I think their defense is going to be able to make a couple plays here. Things are just going to spiral out of control for Colorado, and USC is going to win this game by like twenty-eight. I, I think it's twenty-eight too. I was especially thinking fifty-six twenty-eight is my score in my head that I think USC is winning by. So they'll probably give up some points against Colorado, but they'll score twice as many as you know Colorado is <laughs> able to score. So I, I do feel like this one will be kind of ugly early. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think they have the they don't have the guys on defense that can do enough gets Caleb Williams to slow him down. The only thing really slowing them down right now is just themselves. Given, you know, I saw last week that they made some bad plays on offense was turning to offense for Arizona state, things like that. So as long as they don't beat themselves here, I, I don't foresee this being a big game. It is at Colorado the home field advantage. Maybe the crowd goes wild. Maybe they, 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 if they can get it closer, maybe things happen, but I just don't see it. I just, yeah. I just don't no see it quarterback in the country has been as good as Shador Sanders going into the fourth quarter he's put his fourth quarter stats prior to the Oregon game were absolutely insane and against a team like USC if Colorado can keep it I think maybe they got a shot but I know how much it hurts you Tony but Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the country it's I don't well, think let's, let's really- see him get some competition he doesn't play anybody <laughs> all right let's I know yeah. he's good Let's see him against like you know quarterback in the country, and I don't think it's particularly close. So I have faith that Caleb Williams isn't going to let this game be close going into the fourth. You know, I think they're going to score on pretty much every possession they have. Yep. All right. Oh, let's move ahead to I think a sneaky good game of the of a week here is Kansas at Texas. Obviously, Kansas is coming in undefeated, which two years in a row they've been doing pretty well. They're four and zero. They they just got done beating BYU thirty to twenty seven. Jalen Daniels, you know, he'll continue to have the stat line of you know probably less than one hundred fifty yards passing. He'll probably run for around one hundred yards, uh, but he does well enough with that offense to to keep them doing well. And the defense is playing pretty well. I mean, they the one concern I pick with them is that their you know their defense while it plays well, it goes give up some some points here more than they should in certain areas. And so if 
if Texas plays like they should be able to pull away and win this game pretty comfortably. But in the past few years, Kansas has kind of been a foreign in Texas's side. And this game is always closer than it should be, usually. With some bad Kansas teams in the past beating Texas, for example. So I'm kind of interested to see what this game looks like. You know, Texas played really down to Wyoming, you know, and then they beat up pretty badly on Baylor. So were they just not motivated against Wyoming? Or did, you know, was there something that Wyoming did that, that, you know, that Kansas could take away here? So what are your thoughts here in this particular ballgame? I think this is going to come, I think this is going to be a game that kind of comes down to the wire almost, you know, the Texas has looked good, you know, obviously with that win over Alabama, really propelling them. Uh, I had them as, you know, one of the best teams in the conference. I think me and Jordan picked them. I think you picked Oklahoma. And so far, both those picks are looking pretty good there for the big 12 champion. But Kansas, I think they have what it takes to, I don't think they're going to upset Texas, especially since this game is at Texas. Texas will play to the level of their opponent. If their opponent is bad, they play bad. If their opponent is good, they play good. And I think Texas, this is going to be a game that talent is going to bail them out. But I think Kansas is going to be right with it all the way through. I think this is a game Texas will win like a 31-24 kind of game. I think, you know, this will we're, we're getting into the area now where we're really going to see what Quinn Ewers is. You know, as a quarterback, as a prospect, he's looked good so far this season. But, you know, I think Kansas is going to give them a heck of a fight and Quinn Ewers is going to have to, you know, kind of pull them out of the fire, so to speak, at the end there. And I think he's going to be able to do it. Yep, going back and forth, I almost made this my up to up upset special, but I just feel like because it's at Texas, it, you know, it's probably going to be Texas winning. I could see this game being close going to the third quarter, and then Texas kind of pulls away, gets a couple of touchdowns. Going into the fourth, I yeah, think yeah. Texas will pull away, but I think it's going to be a tight one. Yeah, definitely. Hey, as a Notre Dame fan, I hope Kansas just destroys Texas in this game. But hey, that's just <laughs> my Notre my fan. You guys have beef with every other major iconic, you know, yeah. college team. We had them all. We would all lose. Then we'd be the last one standing. Is what we want. So <laughs> that's all it is. But yeah, no, I think it's a really good game. I, you know, I think you know, but if Texas really goes in there, runs the ball well, and and gets going early, where Texas has to catch up and gets into a game where they don't want to get to, then they can. It might get out of hand a little bit. So as Kansas, you want to slow this game down, get an early lead, and try to hang on to it, basically. All right. Um, next up, we have LSU at Ole Miss. So LSU, man, they—I thought they were going to lose last week, and I almost was ready to go back out to all those LSU fans that were coming at my neck the week before when I said that <laughs> they're disciples of this kind of game because of Brian Kelly. But they did beat Arkansas thirty-four to thirty-one last week. Man, Arkansas has lost back-to-back like heartbreakers against one against BYU and then against LSU. So LSU is three and one. I still don't think they're the second best team in sec i thought they were but then this game showed me that i don't think they are the running game continues to be well logan Diggs is continuing to play well for lsu and 97 yards of 14 carries for you know so about seven yards of carry there they're having a lot of yardage the offense is playing well i still have some question marks on this defense if they can slow teams down and so this is where this matchup gets interesting for me is obviously old miss got shut down completely by alabama which we misread that one totally last week I think most people did because I think everybody was picking Ole Miss, right? So I don't know if LSU has the defensive players right now with the depth to slow down Ole Miss, who was averaging 50 points a game before Alabama last week. Um, so that's the matchup I want to see. If this is this going to be a shootout, 
you know, that's where I kind of see it going, where it'd be another like 44, 41 type ball game, something like that. What, what are you thinking here? I do think it's going to be a shootout, but I think LSU will be able to pull it out. I think L- Ole Miss, it's really going to be dependent on how they respond after that. It's not like they were, you know, completely obliterated by Alabama, but they really weren't able to. Second half comes in and Alabama just kind of took over. Ole Miss against an Alabama defense, you know, they always have good defense, had 301 total yards, 245 passing. They weren't able to rush the ball very well, but they were able to average 4.6 yards per play. Against LSU, I expect those numbers to be higher, but I think LSU is just a better team than Alabama, particularly on offense. So I think this game is going to be a shootout, but I think LSU will pull it out. I'm thinking like a 38-31 kind of game. I think Ellis Ole Miss will get a slight edge being at home, but I, I just trust the offensive talent at LSU more than Alabama, particularly the quarterback. But it's a tough one because I like what I've seen from Ole Miss for the most part, and LSU hasn't looked as good as we thought. But I'm not going to write LSU just off just yet. I think they're going to win this one. Well, LSU fans, you're going to hate me again. I'm picking Ole Miss to win this game. I just feel like they'll be able to outscore, outscore LSU in this one. And I think eventually LSU keeps getting these type of shootouts. Eventually, I mean, they lost that one to Florida State. I feel like they'll – I feel like this will be the game they lose because they just will, again, have breakdowns on the defensive side, which they did against Florida State, which they did against Arkansas. I think that will continue here, and Link Kiffin will take advantage of that. Last week, he just could do anything because I think Alabama has the most talented – defense in the country and once they put it all together i mean it's hard to score in that team i think they're going to take their frustrations out on this lsu team and it's like you mentioned it's at old mess so i think because of that home field advantage and because of the offense versus offense i'm going to take old miss here to win this game all right finally we'll go to the game that's at college game day this week for the first time at duke and it's not for a basketball game it's for a football game so notre dame at duke obviously notre dame's coming off the loss as we mentioned so they're Come here four and one, and I think Duke. What are they four and zero? They're four and zero this season, and they're obviously coming in with a talented team. I think Riley Leonard has been running the ball well, passing the ball well. He's getting getting accolades for you know being a one of the top quarterbacks potentially in the upcoming draft. The Duke defense is playing lights out. They already beat they beat Clemson pretty badly early this year. Mike Elko, obviously, that's the side of the ball he focuses on. So the defense is playing well, offense is playing well. They just blew out UConn. Yeah, this is a tough game. So this is going to be one or two ways for Notre Dame. They're going to come out mad at the world that they lost last week's game and take it out on Duke here. Or they're going to come out and let Ohio State beat them the second time in this game. Last year, they lost the game against Ohio State. They came out lost Marshall the next game. I think the difference here is they have a quarterback this year in Sam Hartman who hopefully will not let that happen. So I don't know if it's going to be as dominant a defensive performance as it was last week because it's hard to have that emotion back-to-back weeks like that. But I do feel like the offense will come out and get the ick off of only scoring 14 points last week and, and score a bunch of points on this Duke defense. I, I do feel like, you know, if you look back at that Clemson game, Duke was able to win pretty handily. But part of that is they turned Clemson over and Clemson made bad plays multiple times in the red zone. Clemson could have scored about three or four more touchdowns if they actually took care of the ball in their, in their red zone area. So I, I think this is, um, for me personally, 
maybe my fandom coming out a little bit, but I do feel like the Notre Dame is going to come out as the one that's going to be mad and they want to make a point. They want to get back to, they want to get to the playoff and they're going to start by taking it on all these teams and they're going to start this week with Duke. So what do you think is going to happen to I I agree. I think, I don't think Duke has the level of defense that Ohio state does. Like all the attention this year has was on that Ohio state offense. What it's, what is it going to look like with McCord at quarterback? That defense is very solid. Yeah. But uh, people seem to have overlooked just how much attention Ryan day has given this defense with his recruiting, the kind of guys they brought in. I think it's because they, you know, they're tired of getting pushed around in the trenches by Michigan. You know, Penn State seems to have built their roster to beat Ohio State's trying to build their roster to beat Michigan. And Michigan's just doing what they're doing because it's worked the past couple of years against Ohio State and Penn State. Duke is not that level of team. They're much better than I think anyone really expected. Their quarterback has looked pretty good so far this year. He's getting draft talk, but I think Notre Dame's going to come out. I don't think Sam Hartman's going to let a Marshall you know, happen to Notre Dame this year. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to win this game like a 34-17 kind of game, you know, where maybe it's not complete and utter dominance, but they're going to win. It's going to, they're going to be like, look, last week we lost to one of the best teams in the country, but we are also one of the best teams in the country. There is a difference between us and the level of team that Duke is. And people think Duke is good, but they're not great. And I think Notre Dame is going to come out. They're going to make a statement that despite the loss, we are still a great team. We still are going to be in the playoff hunt. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see if it happens. If they lose this game, we may not have a podcast for us this season because I'll be too depressed <laughs> to, to talk about anything. That would be a very rough uh, Sunday recap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go to a mailbag question. Obviously, with some the changes up front or some performances, both good and bad. If there's any update on your playoff pickers, it's still pretty much set. I think you had it, Georgia, Michigan, USC, FSU, and Georgia as the champion. So any changes there from your playoff predictions? Well, I'm not as confident in Georgia being the champion right now. I'm not confident in any team being the champion. <laughs> well, I... Are we doing this from a based on what they've done recently or the big picture? Because in the big picture, I think my prediction is going to remain relatively the same just because of how things kind of have to play out more or less. Like FSU has won these past couple of games, but I have not been particularly impressed by them. No. It's coming down to the last second. They kind of got bailed out by Clemson doing some really dumb play calling at the end there that made no sense you know so right now I would take them out but I think FSU is still in a great position to go be an undefeated conference champion and thus get into the playoff USC their defense has not improved the way that I had thought it was coming into the season but I still love their offense but you know with how Washington and Oregon have looked recently I can definitely see them losing, but right now I think with what they've done, they still deserve to be in this playoff picture. So I'm not going to change it, you know, from this, but I am not as confident in, uh, in those two teams going forward. You know, and obviously Michigan is going to have to deal with Ohio state and Penn state. Georgia just seems like they're going to have a free pass to the 
to the playoffs. <laughs> you don't play anybody. SEC's down. It was, the SEC is so down. In fact, once we I do did... wonder if they lose a game. If like the SEC has a one loss, I mean, they obviously will get in. But man, I mean, if Georgia loses a game and they have that terrible schedule, should they deserve to be in? I don't know. Just even if they win the conference, I guess they will if they win the conference. But I just like God, they. I don't know. Maybe that Florida game be a little harder just because Florida's starting to play a little better the last few games. Is so. it at Florida? They usually play at the Jackson. They play like in the middle, right? The biggest world's biggest cocktail party, whatever they call it. I don't know. <laughs> but usually it's like in the middle somewhere in between. It's in Florida, but it's like in between Florida's campus and Georgia's campus, like right in the middle. All right. Mine, um, my mind is just fire on it dump it out so i think my original pick was georgia lsu notre dame michigan obviously all those teams are still in it so it's not like they can't but i did change it after week one to georgia fsu notre dame michigan i've changed it again i just not i'm just like it probably will change every single week but right now my current top four would be georgia um ohio state notre dame texas and so my reasoning here is i think we talked about i think georgia's gonna get a free pass and knock out any like if Alabama still has one loss, they'll knock Alabama out with a loss in the SEC title game. So only be one team from the SEC. I think Ohio State with that defense, I think they'll be able to – I don't like what I've seen from Michigan's offense this year. So I think they'll be able to shut down Michigan's offense. The game I worry about is Penn State for them. But I believe that game is at – is that at Penn State or is that Ohio State? Uh, Ohio State football schedule. Let's double check. Because if that Penn State, it's a little worried about that one. But I can't remember if it is. Their game, it's at Ohio State, isn't it? Ohio State is at Michigan, but home for Penn State. So I think because of that, I think Ohio State will win both of those games and knock out the other Big Ten competition for the playoff. That leaves the ACC. No, they're at Rutgers. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they almost lost. Michigan almost. Rutgers looked good against Michigan. Like any kind of offensive pulse, they would have done better. But defense looked pretty well. Better than East Carolina. So it's not saying much. Michigan's just taking all your teams this year. I don't know what's going on with that. So I think so. I think Ohio State will get in there. Where Texas, I I think they're just there's you know I think there's not a lot of great teams in the Big Twelve. So if they can just do their job, they'll make it there to the um, Big Twelve. Now I have them. Potentially losing this week at Kansas, but I think it'll be close. But I, I do feel like the only challenge would be Oklahoma. I did call Oklahoma early in the season, but the game this past week against Cincinnati from Oklahoma really I shot away because those defensive struggles. I saw it. This Cincinnati just didn't have the manpower to do anything about it. Twenty to six win over a kind of downtrodden Cincinnati team is not impressive to me. So I'm worried about that. So for Notre Dame, you know, I picked them because I feel like if they beat USC they'll knock the Pac-12 out because I feel like they'll kind of beat each other with losses. And I think the ACC, from what I've seen in Florida State, I think Florida State's going to lose a game that they you don't think they will. I think they might lose to Duke or Miami, but I don't think Duke mm-hmm. or Miami will go undefeated again. So that's where I have Notre Dame coming back and getting into the playoff. So that's my four. Next week, Duke may be in my final four. I don't know. We'll see what next week yeah. holds there. If I had to pick a four for this week, just this week, who I think the top four teams are, based on who they've beaten, what they've done, how they've looked, I think it could be Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Washington. Definitely. I mean, we have Washington, what, number two in our ranking this week. I'm definitely a believer in Washington. I think the hard thing of Washington is they have to get through, like, a very tough slate. It seems like all the Pac-12 teams schedule all their big matchups starting in the middle of the season to the end, and they're just going to – 
back to back beat each other up and there's not gonna be nobody left. My only fear of them. Because I think they have to play Oregon, they have to play Washington State, they have to play the USC. I think that's like Utah. I mean, that's like I mean Adam murderers row it there. Heck of a, uh, slate there. <laughs> you go two and two, you'd be happy, right? And that's gonna knock them out of the playoff. Or maybe a three one will knock them out. because uh, then you gotta get to the Pac twelve championship. And then, you know, I mean, we saw what happened with USC last year. Yeah. Injured. All they had to do is win and get in. All they had to do is win. But, you know, Caleb Williams is injured. They've got some injuries to some of their other players just because of just how tough that slate is. You know, you're literally beating up each other. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And then, you know, then you have like Utah, right? Utah may lose a game or two here without Cam Rising. Cam Rising comes back. And then he's ever a tough team. They beat them. You know, it's like. But there's two. They may win the Pac-12 with Cam Rising, but their record will not be enough to get them into a playoff. So it's a weird thing to happen over there. So this, you know, this could be all blown up. Alabama could be in the Final Four at the end of the season because they go, oh, they would run through. But they probably. I right now this defense, if they play as well as they did, I think it could be tough for anybody to beat them. But thing is, they if they play anybody with a pulse on defense, they're going to stop Alabama's offense because it's still not looking that great. Well, that's um, why I, I like. The eight, the SEC championship game might truly just come down to a defensive slugfest between Georgia and Alabama. Because even offense looks great, right? So I don't know. Maybe it's a defensive season, though. Like, think about the Ohio State Notre Dame game, and then you think about some of these SEC teams that are very defensive heavy. You know, and some, then the Pac-12 is completely offensive heavy, you know? And so it's interesting. Who knows Listen, what the styles would be matching up in the playoff is going to be interesting, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you know, Alabama's I think all of their best players are currently, you know, on their de- on the defensive side, you know, Dallas Turner, Kool-Aid McKinstry, you know, they got, they got some guys back there, but on offense, you know, we're so used to them competing to be wide receiver you or which one of their generic quarterbacks is going to be a Heisman candidate, get drafted and then not look great in the NFL, you know, like, yeah. So I I don't know, like, that's just not who Alabama is this year, but you know, Georgia doesn't feel like they have the, you know, sheer un, you know, immovable object defense that they've had the past couple of years and their offense has just struggled. I mean, the fact that they're even in a, the fact that UAB was ever in that game, against georgia you know it i just don't think they is it the i think i talked about it on the podcast earlier this week but it feels like with georgia they like they're just like flipping a switch when they're ready to play you know it's like that south carolina game down 14-3 at halftime flip the switch cost me a thousand dollars my bet but i just feel like why is it that why is that switch not being flipped at the beginning of the game and it is because that's what it kept eventually they get behind like they play like an LSU or they play like a team that has a pulse on offense. They get behind early. They might not have the offense to come back. And that's going to be something exactly. that worries me about them, you know? Like if they're, you know, like at least right now, the game against Florida, since we brought it up earlier, it's listed at Florida. But, you know, obviously if they go to a neutral location, I don't know if ESPN would list that at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, they gave up 21 points to UAB. South Carolina was winning that game. And yes, the defense turned it on. But again, like if there's a team that is just more consistent on offense, like I saw some people putting Georgia on upset alert this week at Auburn. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, the fact that 
Georgia, you know, like when we were going into the season, we were just like, yeah, just write them a ticket to the playoff. It's not as certain anymore, but, you know, obviously they're still the number one team, and I think rightfully so. They haven't exactly done anything to warrant dropping out of maybe to two they could drop, but, you know, just because you haven't been that impressed with them. But, you know, it's not like they're in any way, shape, or form remotely close to dropping out of the playoff. But yeah. And like you, like you said earlier, with their schedule, one loss. Yeah, they lose this game no. to Auburn, right? And Auburn's not a good team. I mean, that's all it takes. <laughs> you, I mean, obviously, yeah, you win the SEC, they're probably just going to get you in no matter what your record is, I feel like. But I feel like, man, you don't want to play with fire here. And, 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 you know, never know what happened with that. Okay, one other question for you. What is uh, your super dog of the week? I, I picked mine, Oregon State over Utah. Who you got this week? I got South Carolina over Tennessee. Tennessee, I was higher on than I think either you or Jordan coming into the year because I really like Joe Milton as the quarterback, but he's just, he's not looked good. He's barely completing 60, 62% of his throws. He's only got 925 yards on the season. Eight touchdowns and one interception is good, but he just, he has not, impressed me so far and this Tennessee team they just don't look like they got the juice that they did last year I don't know if it's you know all of the pieces that they lost to the NFL or what you know maybe they're just waiting for this next recruiting class to kind of come in and you know kick kick start them but that'll be like a next year thing South Carolina I've liked what I've seen the only two losses that they've had have been to UNC whose defense is much better than anyone thought and to, to Georgia, you know, and they were winning that game and Tennessee just is not going to have the defense that Georgia has. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think Spencer Rattler right now is a better quarterback than Joe Milton. Now that's not to say that obviously Joe Milton is going to be a better prospect. He just is the physical, his physical traits just, are unbelievable. His he might have the best arm in the world. Doesn't matter if you're in the NFL or in college. He he might just have that good of an arm. But he's not polished. And I think in a game like this, you know, I think South Carolina's really got a shot and I think they can do it. Yep. No, I agree. I think it's a good pick. I think Tennessee just has it has it clicked this year. And so I can see this being a, a nice win for South Carolina as well. All right, before we wrap up here, I just want to share a little bit of news I just saw come through, and that's Texas A&M quarterback Connor Women. He he is out for the season, broke a foot, broke a bone in his foot. So he is out, and so obviously he got hurt last game, and I think Max Johnson came in, threw for 123 yards, two touchdowns, so he played okay, and they ran away with it against Auburn. But that video have to really rely heavily on that defense this year with Connor Women being out. I, I do wonder how that's going to Change because I wonder if that will kind of force them to be more of a running team, which I don't think Jimbo really likes. But maybe if they force them that way, maybe they start, you know, actually performing a little better because we've been saying for years that they just need to become more of a running game and not, not be so pass heavy because they just haven't had the quarterback to do it. So maybe they'll force them that way. And I think Max Johnson is enough, a good enough quarterback game manager to to get him some some wins this year. I don't think obviously I don't think they're gonna get anywhere near like a ten win team because they're only three and one, but. For Jimbo's sake, you got to hope he gets that nine and three. So you got to hope Max Joshua can take you away there. So we'll see if that happens. 
with that, we will be back next week, obviously, to, to react to all the games that happened over the weekend. In the meantime, feel free to follow us on X at In The Flat Pod or our website, InTheFlatPodcast.com. So always, send us your mailbag questions. Uh, send us anything you want to talk about. You know, Thank you for those who engage with us on our, our top 10 list. If you disagree, send us what, who should be in the top 10. What, what are we, who are we overlooking? Who are we not thinking about? By no means, you see all these top 10 lists, nobody's perfect. Uh, so we're definitely not saying ours is. I mean, ours is the closest, but nobody's perfect. So, you know, if you see any disagreements, let us know. But until next week, guys, bye.